the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. I think the reason that the third world savage who beat our police up gave us all the finger is because he got a raise yesterday in a bipartisan fashion. The Republicans made sure that this low-life scumbag gets money, and all he has to do is pretend he has kids. He doesn't actually have to have kids. New tonight in national headlines. Tonight, the House passed a $78 billion bipartisan tax package that would temporarily expand the child tax credit. The measure cleared the lower chamber by 357 votes to 70. It seeks to both boost the child tax credit to $2,000 by 2025 and offer tax relief for businesses that invest in research and development in the country. By the way, forget about the businesses. They're deceiving you by mentioning businesses. And by the way, are they going to be allowed to keep some of their own money? What this is, is a bill to pay off these non-citizen frauds. And all they have to do is say they have kids. Let's let's meet somebody who knows. Hi, I'm Rex for eTax.com. Hi, Rex. How are you? If your non-citizen children meet the IRS definition of a qualifying child, you can claim them on your tax return as a dependent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hear that again from Rex. I mean, Rex, an expert. He is an absolute expert. Hi, I'm Rex for eTax.com. He works for eTax.com, Squirrel. Pay attention. This is free advice. And don't worry, it's not really free. See, you're going to pay taxes to these low-life scumbags who are not citizen, who just beat up our cops and gave us the finger. If your non-citizen children meet the IRS definition of a qualifying child, you can claim them on your tax return as a dependent. This rule is the same that applies to children who are citizens. Your child. So then what's the point? See, this is this is the game where they take your money and they give you a small portion of it back and they want you to be grateful because what they really are doing is shuffling the money around and giving it to their new favorite citizens. The ones who will vote for this dimwit in diapers because they don't know any better. They can't read. The gentleman is recognized to the extent that this is a tax bill. There are good provisions in it on business expensing for economic growth. But my friends, this is... By the way, stop trying to make friends. Do you understand? Because we lost the argument. The idea that they take the money in the first place is the real atrocity, the real extortion racket that they have us playing with this nonsense penalty for being good at making money so they could give it away to these lowlifes who beat our police and then give us the finger. Not a tax bill. This is a welfare bill masquerading as a tax bill. The Wall Street Journal was correct to identify the ways in which this legislation vastly expands the welfare state. And so this is how the bipartisan agreement came together. If the Republicans were willing to give the Democrats what they wanted, 
for illegal aliens to get massive subsidies and welfare, then the Democrats were willing to give the Republicans what they wanted on a bunch of business welfare. Simple. And that's why this low-life wretched... By the way, the more I look at these, this, this clip, the more I wonder... That Darwin was way off, wasn't he? Just into Fox News now, NYPD making two more arrests, illegal immigrants, and that attack on officers. Those suspects also allegedly stole an officer's cell phone. Well, that'll help them track you down. So a fifth illegal immigrant accused of attacking two New York City police officers over the weekend showed no remorse or regret. He was seen, as you can see, giving his two... Do you think they could give you the definition of remorse or regret? Do you think that those five morons, those Sinaloa flunkies, do you think they could give you the definition of remorse or regret? I don't think so either. Middle fingers to the cameras moments after being released without bail. Florida Senator Marco Rubio. You got to love these Democrat areas. That's why it's painful to live in them if you're a decent person. Wrote message to America from one of the illegal immigrants who assaulted NYPD officers, walked free with no bail, and heads back to a shelter funded by taxpayers. So far, police have uh, shared four mugshots of the now seven people arrested in connection with the brutal beatings in Times Square. Chuck Gowdy last night, fresh from a vacation. Hey, nice tan, Chuck. Nice hips, too. In the meantime, he did a little investigative report. The cherry on the screw you Sunday is that your pain to move them about the country. We're calling it the double migration. Asylum seekers coming to Chicago, mostly from Texas, at a sizable cost to government agencies, and then going from Chicago to somewhere else. The ABC7i team asked state officials for... Can I get you a sandwich? Because when they get off the bus, they get $2,500 in a welfare card that looks a lot like a visa card that we all actually have to pay the bills. How many migrants are coming and going? Our investigation with the ABC7 data team tonight revealing this double migration, the coming and going, is running up the tab for a crisis that already caught Illinois by surprise and continues to stretch government resources and finances. Uh Uh-huh. And it goes downhill from there. Now, of course, Chuck Gowdy, being the investigative reporter that he is, he wants to pretend that this is... Abbott, Governor Abbott, that's sending the buses. He forgot all about the IRC or the Catholic Charities or the other uh, non-government organizations that get their money from government and act as liaisons to the Marxist mafia represented by the dimwit and diapers some call president. Tonight, even as more asylum seekers arrive here, some continue to leave. The I-Team filed an open records request to find out how many migrants are leaving Illinois, what that costs, and who's paying. Migrant travel costs in the Chicago area, people leaving by bus, plane, and train, total more than $775,000. And when additional travel-related expenses, such as ride shares, are factored in, it's almost $850,000. Tax- Wait a minute, we're getting them Ubers? We're getting them Ubers to the bus station? What the hell else are we doing? Payer money for migrants to move out of Chicago. 4,327 have now come and gone, more than 10% of the migrants sent to Chicago. So that means you got about 36,000 that we know about, not to mention the hundreds of thousands that are wandering Illinois and we have no idea about. They have the anonymity only citizens can hope for. The Texas um, government will put migrants on a, on, a, on a plane, let them, you know, tell them that Chicago is this great place to come, which... It- the problem with this whole report, is it negates the true fact that long before Greg Abbott 
was even the governor. There was an undercurrent in this country that was moving illegal aliens through, not just El Chapo and the rest of the cartel drug dealing scumbags, but actual groups in this country that existed and were financed by you and me. And it got me to thinking about something that doesn't seem like it's connected, but believe me, it is. And that is Ileana Omar. It turns out that Ileana Omar was caught on tape with swearing allegiance to Somalia. You remember this. Censuring Representative Ilhan Omar of Somalia, I mean, Minnesota. Whereas elected members of Congress take an oath to bear true faith and allegiance to the United States without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. Whereas Representative Ilhan Omar took an oath of allegiance to the United States upon becoming a citizen, declaring, I absolutely... Well, that that didn't mean anything. That didn't mean anything. Because what she did and what happens in these areas that are strongholds for illegal aliens and migrants who refuse to assimilate is that they take our money and they steal it. Oh, it's true. It's like a little international crime syndicate. And it reminded me of a scandal that is squashed all of a sudden. There was a little update recently, though. Lou Raguse with an update on the Feeding Our Future fraud case. Of the 48 people now charged in the scheme, only seven are in jail right now. They include Abdiaziz Farah and Mohammed Ismail, who were pre... Those are not Scottish people, Squirrel. No, no, no. They're not from Lithuania either. These are people from Somalia in the very little district where Ileana Omar swore allegiance to Somalia. In the same way, in the same way, the socialists from Central and South America that are destroying our once great city, they don't give a rip about America or Chicago. They swear allegiance to their crime syndicates in South and Central America, which is what you're experiencing now. Previously charged with passport fraud for trying to leave the country. I confirmed today three of the other defendants either successfully fled or were already out of the country when the FBI started investigating. Those seven in jail also include McFira Hussein, who had booked... McFira Hussein? Ah, her mother must have been Irish. A one-way flight to Ethiopia that was scheduled to leave last night. Hussein's charges say she stole $6.8 million and never served a meal to a needy child. She bought things like a $93,000 Porsche and several other vehicles... Did it have a target top? Aren't you worried about your hijab flying out of the top of it? A $93,000 Porsche. How many Americans will ever drive a $93,000 Porsche? Doesn't matter. You have to buy yours. She got hers from you and your tax money. This is all funneled through the federal government. And guess who's in the congresswoman bringing home the bacon to the district? entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince potentate, state, or sovereignty, of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or citizen. Oh, come on, Marjorie Taylor Greene. How else are they going to get the hundreds of millions that were sold, not just in this massive meal fraud, massive meal fraud? Another suspect in the Feeding Our Future meal fraud made his first court appearance this afternoon at the federal courthouse in Minneapolis. Mohamed Hussein Noor was arrested last month at the Chicago O'Hare Airport before... Probably a coincidence. Before he could board a flight to Turkey, Lou Raguse was at today's hearing with and uh, joins us now with details. Lou? Yeah, Randy and Julie, Mohammed Musay Noor is charged with... Cons- uh, let me guess, Finland? 
conspiracy to commit wire fraud, wire fraud, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The indictment says he claimed to serve 580,000 meals to children in a five-month span. (laughs) Mohammed Musa Noor, also known as Deke Durajo, is a... I believe that's Pennsylvania Dutch squirrel. ...prominent journalist in Minnesota's Somali community, owner of Hogmall Media Group. And now he's one of 50 people charged in the largest pandemic fraud in the United States. The way his case is laid out in court documents makes it among the easiest to follow how federal investigators believe the scheme works. Well, wait a minute. You got the investigators. You made some arrests. Granted, you arrest, what, seven people out of 48? Whatever happened to the case? Oh, squashed? Who would have squashed it? The Department of Justice? Anybody ask Fairface about this? In the meantime, this was the second scheme perpetrated in the same Minneapolis district, all represented by Ileana Omar. Well, state and federal agents raided a daycare center in South Minneapolis earlier today, part of an ongoing... By the way, Squirrel, are you paying attention? This is the Democrat platform, you see. Free food, free daycare, it's all the same nonsense. And in the meantime, the federal government throws hundreds of millions of dollars, and they steal it. And what happens? Nothing. They go back to their country without the Porsche. ...to crack down on a massive fraud problem. Fox 9 investigator Jeff Ballion's been tracking the issue for months... And he has the latest. Parents dropping off their kids at the Baraka Child Care Center. Baraka, also Pennsylvania Dutch squirrel. In the meantime, everybody getting dropped off, they all were dressed like ghosts. We're greeted by some unfamiliar faces. Fraud investigators from the Minnesota Department of Human Services. One mother told us they were asking if anyone knew of anything shady happening at the center. Agents from the... Oh yeah, and you know another thing, squirrel? If they have kids, I mean, I don't know how you'd verify it. You just need names. Guess what you get? You get child tax credits. In today's Money Watch, we're talking about how parents might soon be able to save more on their taxes or at least get a bigger refund. It is part of a proposed change in Congress that would expand the child tax credit. CBS News Business. And it did expand it. And what none of these reporters want to tell you is you don't even have to be a citizen to get it. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Jill Schlesinger is here to break it all down for us. Jill, good morning. Tony said it. Vlad's a new dad. He's in the green room. He needs to know. <laughs> I can't He's wait listening. That's right. Ears. How does the current child tax credit work? So right now, if you have a child under the age of 17 and you make less than $200,000 as a single or head of household, $400,000 married filing jointly, you're entitled to $2,000 per child. Now, a credit. Yeah, but they never talk about how much they take from you. I guess it doesn't matter because you don't have to have a job to get this credit. You've never, you don't even have to be a tech. In fact, you could have got here yesterday and you get it. The child tax credit, as currently contemplated, will be a massive pull factor to bring people into this country illegally. And we could have, as the majority party, demanded constraints to stop them from being able to use the money that way. But, but bipartisanship was more important than good policy. And then you hear... The fraud, Speaker of the House. We only have a one-person majority. Well, that's all you need, stupid. That's all you need. But it's never going to be enough because the game, stab you in the back, kiss you on the face, that's the game that got us to 
$2 trillion. And nobody even gives a rip. Nobody gives a rip. They could distract you very easily. FBI Director Christopher Wray sounded the alarm on Chinese hackers targeting critical parts of the nation's infrastructure. Oh, what? So, so what? We've got the Chinese oligarchs giving our sitting dimwit in diapers some call president. Hundreds of millions of dollars. That's no big deal. But these Chinese hackers are? Oh, Come on. Not everybody's dumb enough to be a Democrat. Brian and Gurney. Hey, Sean, man, you're on fire today, man. Oh, Keep it up. Oh, thank you. Hey, uh, uh, I want to talk about Kirk uh, Alley, what you mentioned earlier in the broadcast. He can't say that, he can't say that with a straight face that he believes what he's, what he's, he's investigating. It's all fraud. And, and second of all, um, the NGOs, uh, Catholic, Catholic Charities, Red Cross, you know, and the other um, NGOs out there are, prom- are bringing all these people in. International Rescue Committee has been in operation for decades. International Rescue Committee receives $500 million a year from the federal government, and they're running an underground railroad of illegal aliens. Fact. Hey, son, one more, one more thing. Is there any way, you know, those five people that um, uh, fought suit for Trump not to be on the ballot, is there, is there any chance we could counter sue them? They tried, that. They, tried to get, they tried to get Biden. Now, listen, these are Democrat areas, brother. They love it nice and creepy. They like it. Here, and this, is, this might be one of my favorite clips. It's Gavin Newsom telling an absolute bald-faced lie. If you haven't heard it, it's worth listening to. He's talking to mayors around California. Listen to, that. Listen to this absolute lie from soup to nuts. He says, sir, uh, you dropped this. And he comes back, picks it up. And he's walking out. As we're checking out, the woman says, oh, he's just walking out. He didn't pay for that. I said, well, why didn't you stop him? She goes, oh, the governor. Swear. So he's shopping. Guy walks in and shoplifts and walks out. He says to the cashier, why aren't you stopping him? And she says, oh, the governor. So she's the only cashier that doesn't know what Gavin Newsom looks like, who got to be the governor because of what he looks like. And the rest of the idiots on the call are all Democrats, so no one's going to say, you're full of dung. Nobody's going to say that, because they all, they all admire the way the Democrats lie. Got a true story, and my mom's great. The governor lowered the threshold. There's no, there's no, there's no accountability. There's no- Someone go check his mom's grave. I want to see if she spun out of there like she was on a Black & Decker. I said, it's just not true. And she, I, she got, I said, we have the 10th toughest, $950, the 10th toughest in America. She didn't know what I was talking about. By the way, it's the 10th toughest in America. Look it up. No one gives a damn about right. that. And I said, it's just not true. They're still stopped. He said, well, we don't stop them because of the government. And then she goes, she looks at me twice, and then she freaks out. She calls everyone over. So it isn't until he says governor twice that she says, oh, you mean you? But the Democrats nod and laugh and chuckle. Take photos. I'm like, no, I'm not taking a photo. We're having a conversation. Where's your manager? By the way, Squirrel, in uh, Cuba, whenever Fidel Castro told a joke, everybody laughed. Just like in the Soviet Union when Stalin told a joke. It's the same mentality. These step-and-fetch low-life Democrats, they'll vote for virtually anybody. President Biden calling Oneida and Sean Sanders, whose 24-year-old daughter Kennedy was killed in the attack. I know, uh, you know, everybody, uh, I, I know there's nothing anybody can say or do to ease the pain. I've been there. Yes, sir, we understand. The parents overcome with emotion when the president reveals how their daughter will be honored. We're promoting her posthumously to 
Oh, wow. That is the best news I've heard today. Thank you so much. So now let me get this straight. Your kid dies. You get you in scandal. And you're this. This is good news. I don't give a rip if you make her a colonel. She's dead. You don't know how much that means to us. My son spent a year in Iraq, and that's how I lost him. Wrong. And they sit on the phone, and they cheer their master. 312-642-5600. Call Sean now. 312-642-5600. AM560. Now, Gavin Newsom, with his pathological lies, he's just emulating the elders in the Democrat mafia. He's a silver-tongued devil. I think uh, Joe Biden will not make it to November, not because he wouldn't win if he got there. I mean, after all, the Democrats would vote for a pickle if it was going to give him more money. But just because he could barely walk from the elevator to the bathroom, I don't know if you saw him today. When will the U.S. military respond to the Jordan attack? Mr. President, some House Republicans are calling the border deal a non-starter. Can you get it done? Mr. President, are you we'll doing enough to try? Will politics sink the bill? Good place to talk, right here. He doesn't talk and he can't talk. We'll see, because eh, he doesn't have a, 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 a hand up his derriere telling him what to say in one of the Marxist mafia members, the bureaucracies that are really running our country. So all you really need is a good hairdo and good line of bull dung, and you could pretty much be anything in this government. Um, and one of my favorite examples of that is somebody who never really went anywhere, but he tried real hard. He's like the Duchess of Chaffington, only uh, transgendering. I just don't agree with your facts, which began with the presentation of one of the most outrageously persistent lies that I hear, which is this private jet. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. And obviously... It's pretty stupid to talk about coming in a private jet from the State Department up here. It just honestly, if that's where you want to go, go there. Mr. Secretary, in exchange with Mr. Mills, you just testified under oath that you never owned a private jet. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to enter into the record article here from February 15th of 2023 that the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that objective. you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and sold the you plane. You flew on that been, plane. Uh, not in a number of years, and, but I have flown on it, sure. And this article is not then inaccurate, that your family owned a plane, you flew on a plane. My Secretary, wife owned a plane. You're so great at lying. There's like six people in the audience that still doesn't know if he owned a plane or not. That's the beauty of a Democrat scallywag right there. Mary in Lamont. Hi, Sean. Um, thanks for taking my call. For I was just wondering um, why this isn't a bigger story, but I read briefly last week that uh, the Biden, Biden administration sold off 30% of our nation's helium supply, um, which could put us in a shortage of helium, which is used for Medis- medical, medical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know anything about this? In 1996, I remember when it was a scandal in 1996. You see, it was the Clinton administration that first passed the rule. And the reason was, is that it was accruing massive amounts of debt. You see, the government can't do anything. Nothing. 
They can't deliver a letter without massive debt. So here you have a helium storage facility that I think at the time accrued something like a billion six. It's a while ago. A billion six in, in debt. So he says privatize it, and he puts it in 1996. But no administration has ever done it because of the chaos it can cause, not just in our health care, but with our, our military uses a tremendous amount of, of helium as yeah, well. It's, yeah. It's a big thing, you know, and, and, and the reason that they're doing this, Mary, is because Joe Biden is a traitor. He is a saboteur. He is an asset of the Chinese Communist Party and the Ukrainian oligarchs who used to be Soviet oligarchs. That's what he is. So him and every Democrat weakens our position, weakens our financial structure, weakens our security, because it's within the failure that we turn a blind eye. And the next thing you know, we're giving them all kinds of money. Just solve the problem. And that is the schematic of the Democrat platform, to fail and pretend to be virtuous while doing it. I mean, sooner or later, someone's going to have to figure out, uh, what do they do? Where's the policy that works as advertised? Is there one? And the answer is Why no. Why don't you hear about this on, on the news, though? I just briefly read it. Did- Mary, when you watch the news... When you watch the news and you and you and you see the news in Chicago or New York or around the country and you see the way the Democrats have devolved civilization, do you think they care about the helium, Mayor? Come on, Mayor. <laughs> you got you got a welfare system that gives you the equivalent of seventy thousand dollars a year for making money. You got you got what a third of the country sitting on their ass. Never before in the history of this country, we have ninety-one million people on welfare. You think they care about helium? Half of them are high anyway. Thank you very much, Mayor. It's always the third against the third against the third. The problem is when that third becomes a half, now you got a problem. And that's why the big move in the economy and the Biden administration, Bidenomics, is to make more and more people on welfare and never talk about the ramifications. Like the unions. We're the only ones. Did anybody else talk about UPS? Tell me where the Teamsters touched or the, or the UAW, and we'll show you tens of thousands of workers that are laid off. What happens to them? They go on welfare. That's the goal, because once on welfare, they don't count as unemployed. Bidenomics is, is working. Unemployment is under 4 percent, 14 million jobs. He's going to continue lowering costs. And so we know economists have said it takes a long time to make that connection. But uh-huh. And in the meantime, he's up 6 percent in the polls and he can't form a sentence. Uh, Jackie Oak Park. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for taking my call. Thank you for making it. So- yeah, so I just want to call and let you know, uh, as a millennial listener of yours, by the way, you make my uh, drive home just so much better. You're so entertaining. Um, but as a millennial listener living in Oak Park, an otherwise liberal suburb that you, of course, know, um, it wasn't until this morning when I uh, selected to print my receipt at the coffee shop that I, I was just shocked at how many governing entities are taxing me on my <laughs> otherwise $5 cup of coffee. I have an Illinois state tax, a Cook County tax an Oak Park City tax, and the Regional Transportation Authority tax. And that was 51 cents of tax added on my $5.10 cup of coffee. Do you, do you know why, Jackie? I'm going to tell you why. And, and, and it's not your fault, because this is something that society does in general. You give them the phony virtue of calling themselves liberal. See, I'm, I'm really liberal. I don't want to force anybody to do anything. What they are are communists. Socialist, Marxist. And what they are, are the virtuous who get to tax you, somebody who did nothing wrong, get to tax the company you bought it. See, it's easy to demonize the company. I won't do that. Here they are taxing the company, taking advantage of the consumption of that product, and then they have the audacity to go after the company's income again. 
So you want to talk about double and triple and quadruple taxes. The only places that ever really exists is communist countries, socialist countries, and Marxist countries, or cities. And that's unfortunately where you are, though. Do you know one of the, my favorite things about moving to Florida? One of my favorite things is I'm a coffee Besides junkie. Besides the weather. <laughs> Besides the weather. I do love being in Tampa. But, but I'm a coffee junkie. And to go mm-hmm. into a coffee place here and save a dollar, just that little dollar, it makes me smile all day. Because I know in the way in which those Marxist, communist, rat bastards, trust fund babies, by the way, <laughs> never earned a dollar right. in their miserable life. The way they relish mm-hmm. that dollar and the way they leverage that dollar. So philosophically, I, I can't go back to Oak Park and ever buy a cup of coffee. So I wish you the best of luck. Really. Thank Stay you. sane. It's great coffee, but I would just tell everybody, print your receipts, and you'll be shocked at how much you're taxed on your cup of coffee. Oh, it's Thank crazy. you so much. Stay sane, Jackie. It's going to get harder and Thanks. harder. Thank you very much. Uh, how much time are you? Nikki Conforti. Nikki is making yes. a left or a right? You're making a left or a right? I'm making it right. All right, good. You can turn on red now. Don't be like a freaking Democrat in a Prius. If it's red and there's no cars coming, turn, damn it. Go ahead. Hey, Sean, it's Nikki Conforti, candidate for Congress here in the 6th District of Illinois. Oh, boy. I'm the Republican nominee. I'm just giving you a shout-out. I love your show. Just oh. wanted to help get the word out on my campaign to all your listeners in the 6th District to get out to vote. Nikki Conforti. U.S. Congress, District 6. All right, let's go over some things now, because if you're going to be on the show, I want to know some things. Number one, do you want to pardon the babies and kill the criminals? I am pro-life and close the border. The sooner we close the border, the better it is. How about uh, restraining the only entity in this country to be restrained? Government. You want to eliminate the bureaucracies by what? 10, 20, or 30%. Oh, gosh, I would like to shrink it. Um, my opponent, Sean Casson, is for big government, huge overreach. He wants to get down to the teacher level and tell teachers how to spend their money. Uh, is that really the role for federal so, government? So let me ask you a question, uh, I for, So you need gonna... to reduce taxes and shrink the government. All right, so you're going to be in Congress now. Here, would you not right. consider this illegal? Let's say that you are the heiress of a hat fortune. Your grandpappy made hats. And you went to Congress. And the first thing you did was mandate that the government had to finance hat purchase from your grandpappy's business. Would that be corruption? Yes, it would. Uh, okay. That is definitely double dipping. Then figure out why it's not corruption when, you're, when your pappy owns an eco-energy fraud boondoggle company and you regulate policy that makes him richer. Can you do that for me when you go to Congress? Yes, that's why we got to get Sean Kasten out. He's been making a lot of money while he's in Congress with all his green policies. It's lining his pocket. All right, what kind of, what kind of religion are you? I'm Greek Orthodox, so I am right. Christian. Oh, those are long Sundays. In the meantime... You swear on the, on, the, on the Greek Orthodox Bible that when you get to Congress, you will not, you will not turn, turn into an Adam Kinzinger or a Liz Cheney. Do you oh swear my God. it? I swear it. I swear right. it. That's why I'm running. All we right, got to well get then. more um, you know, true Americans that love this country and will stand up for the American people. Those are the people we need to get in Congress. All right, now don't get, get mad at me when I make fun house. of Operation Spartan Shield. I mean, after all, 90% of the country doesn't realize how that war ended. But I appreciate you, and I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. 
Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. God bless. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Broadcasting from the Petri dish of corruption known as the state of Illinois. In the upper Midwest, in the nation, and around the world. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560. The answer. AM 560. The answer. Quinnipiac Cole says the Dimwit in diapers, the most obvious traitor this country's ever had in any office. He's up by six, and the women flee Don. I just had all women call. Did you notice that, Squirrel? All women. You know why? We got the good women. You take the fat ones and the stupid ones, the ones who are in on the scams. You take all of them. You take Granholm. You take Hillary Clinton. Take them. You could have them. They're no good anyway. And as far as Dr. Awardi, please, she can't even walk through a lumberyard. Forbidden in coast to coast. Uh, you get it, Squirrel? Double entendre? Yeah, soften wit. Okay. Uh, Eduardo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Sean. Uh, I think there might have been a disturbance at the embassy uh, suites over there in Burr Ridge. So Kansas City, Topeka, Kansas City, is looking for 7,000 positions to fill. So there you go, Burr Ridge. You can send them over there because they need people to work over there. Are you I talking guess. about illegal aliens? Right. You know, I, 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 listen, it's such, a, it's such a terrible position, right? And it's like every other position. The, the, the two-thirds of, of useless and scum are always hiding behind the one-third of virtuous. It's always the same. But when you have absolute evidence of people who are here for nefarious activities, and when you watch, what is it, seven or eight illegal aliens kick the hell out of two, two New York cops and take their phone, are you, out of your, are you out of your mind that there's nothing? And you let them walk with no bail? And he gets the tax credit and the 2500 At that point... All bets are off. All bets are off now. And, you know, there's a, there's a county doing something about it, Eduardo, in the, uh, in the funniest of all spots. It's, uh, it's Colorado. Uh, where is that clip, lovely honey? Uh, Bunny, where is it? Where is it? Where is it about the Colorado uh, not welcome here? Uh, not- Mayor Adams, any response to the migrants being released? Oh, no. This is just a dummy. This is just a dummy Eric Adams, but that's all right. Thank you for your New York City Mayor Eric Adams did not stop to answer questions today about the attack, but told a local station, quote, those migrants who are here because they want to be part of the American dream, we say yes to that. But those who are breaking our laws, we need to reexamine the laws that don't allow us to deport them because they're doing violent acts. Now, two more suspects arrested last night are expected to be arraigned. In- well, yeah, you know, you know how you get to that point, Squirrel? When someone gets arrested, those are the bad ones. When you have them on video beating your police officers, those are the bad ones. In the meantime, El Paso County, they figured out how to handle it. Meanwhile, El Paso County has found a way to stop migrants from coming to Colorado Springs. County commissioners there are making sure everyone knows how unwelcoming they are. They held a whole press conference it's today to urge it, their bro? community to not support migrants. They're basically putting a big red flashing light up there that says, stay away, you are not welcome here. They say they don't have the funds to help, and they're trying to stop the crisis before it even starts in their city. They're going as far as, as to tell people to stop supporting nonprofits that are also helping migrants. I urge our nonprofit community and partners to refrain from welcoming this crisis by welcoming migrants. For months now, you've heard leaders no, here in Denver pleading for other cities to step up and help. Not a single other Colorado city has agreed to take in migrants. Now let's do a little 
little bet in the future. You know how I like to bet, 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 bet? I will bet you in a year from now, the real estate values in El Paso County are much, much higher than the real estate values of Cook County. You want to t- take that action, Squirrel? Come on. I'll take your money. No? Oh, you're smarter than you look. George in Naperville. Sean, what happened to the good old days when kids walked to school and they were threatened by a bully to turn over the lunch money that their parents gave them? Now it's an international fraud scheme? Now, George, you know the guy. Uh, he hangs up all the time. But George actually is from my old neighborhood, and he's a little older than me, George. And he knows that actually happened to me, Squirrel. It's true. Of course, my mother dressed me in a, in, a, in a baby blue pantsuit with white shoes on. I mean, she might as well put a sign on me and say, kick me. My name was Sean in Melrose Park anyway. And that same thing happened to me. You know what I did, Squirrel? I took my lumps and I gave some. And from that day on, nobody tried to take my money. In the meantime, I would have never had the audacity to give the finger to them. Unlike what we got today from the illegal aliens who just not only beat up our coppers, but, but, Squirrel, they're going to get tax credits, and no one's going to know if it's their kids. All you need is a freaking name. It's like CPS. Just into Fox News now, NYPD making two more arrests, illegal immigrants, and that attack on officers. Those suspects also allegedly stole an officer's cell phone. Well, that'll help them track you down. So a fifth illegal immigrant accused of attacking two New York City police officers over the weekend showed no remorse or regret. He was seen, as you can see, giving his two middle fingers to the cameras moments after. Oh, if only it was Melrose. 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little Well, we've been in a cold civil war for the last 15 years, that's for sure. When it comes to what Cold Wars used to be, is it between foreign governments anymore, or are those hot wars? Or are those just distractions to cover up financial crimes in this country? Boy, that's a lot to take in. Let's discuss that with retired Colonel John Mills, national security professional expert with over five different eras of expertise, from the Cold War to the modern era of American Dark Ages, as I call it. Thank you for joining me. Colonel, how are you? Hey. Hey, Sean, doing great. Uh, how's everybody doing, as Elmo would say? <laughs> well, we just, uh, what, what the Illinois National Guard just sent 300 kids who were playing with their own kids a week and a half ago, and we don't know where the hell they are. But one thing's for certain, we're not really going to get the straight answer from our government, are we? You know, Sean, I, I'm just so disappointed. I it just there's just so much, uh, and we had this we had this bizarre run-in at the Atlanta airport where a Georgia state senator tries to find out what's going on uh, with NGOs trafficking illegals into the country, and we got an active duty soldier, or group of soldiers protecting them and roughing him up. What is going on? That looks like the Leviathan, also known as the bureaucracy, is really in charge, and what we have is an illusion of a republic. That's what that sounds like to me. Yeah, I, uh, we, we've got to get it back. This is, uh, 
uh, we're, we're, as Churchill said, we're the uh, we're the worst form of government except for all other forms. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a way. Well, he was also a cigar aficionado. The the thing to remember here, as far as I can see, is that it was a few years ago when we were talking about ignoring kind of where we were going in our financial sector. And follow me on this, because I, I know you can, and I know you understand where I'm going. The main thing is when you start to detach and unmoor yourself from, from principles, and financial responsibility, the greatest way to cover up that atrocity, in my opinion, has always been a war, whether it's a small war or a big war. It's the way to cover up a lot of financial skullduggery that's taken place. And, you know, when you really think of what we've done financially and the way in which Bidenomics is really just kind of a Marxist backdoor nationalization of all industries, what this country, what this government needs to get the heat off and people like me and you from saying, wait a minute, are those active military guys protecting uh, NGOs as they smuggle illegal aliens into our country? What What they really need to distract us is a war. And that looks like it's right on schedule to me because I've never bought anything, whether it's the Ukrainian uh, uh, phony country, in my opinion, that was killing its own people for eight years that we ignore. Since the fall of the Soviet Union, it's been an absolute chaos, a joke around the world for corruption. And now all of a sudden we're, we're, we're concerned with booing them up. It was always a distraction for me. They were always a pass through of corruption. How do you see it? Well, yeah, we, we have financial, I mean, she, uh, in China has Evergrande collapse. So the whole, uh, mirage of China is collapsing. And what do they teach you? The, the, the Friday test on week one of dictator school is when all, <laughs> when things go south at home, you, you, you attack and invade. Uh, so maybe, uh, the current document of the White House must have gone through dictator school because, I, I just this what's going on in the Middle East. You got to look at all these regional con, uh, uh, brush fires uh, and wars that are going on right now. They are World War Three, and they yeah. all trace to China. But we have an administration that is uh, obsessed with putting us in harm's way, as if they want to put us in harm's way for some reason. And this this what's going on in the Middle East. Make no bones about it. This is not just. Oh, it's Hamas, it's the Houthis, it's the Somalis, it's this group in Iraq and uh, Syria. No, 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 no. They all trace it to Iran. Iran traced it to, uh, to, to uh, China. And yet, these camps that are being attacked, we now have three dead. And uh, KJP says those military folks, that's her expression, yeah. who died fighting for the administration. Excuse me? I mean, what planet is she on? But those are the same camps that President Trump closed because we got we got rid of ISIS, we got rid of Baghdadi, and we got rid of Soleimani. Bring shut them down, bring them home, and we're not going back there until we need to reach out and teach another lesson. That's the way America first military use of military works. Instead, what did Biden do when he immediately reopened those camps? When you look at this situation and you step back with all of your knowledge and you realize exactly what we've done. In the three short years that, as I call him, the dimwit in diapers, some people call him president, what he has done since day one. And then you look at the amounts of money that flow from China to the Bidens. When you look at the policies from from the U.S. government, from the White House, that has enriched China, that has enriched Iran, that gave 80-something billion dollars in weapons that they tell me they took the firing pin out of to the Taliban. And you see this chaos to me. 
This looks like China made the greatest investment they could have ever made by buying this president. How is it that there are still people out there that do not see that what we're living through, this calamity, is intentional? Joe Biden isn't our president. He's a saboteur. I just don't understand why we're not bringing him up on impeachment charges. I mean, what more evidence do you need? You, you impeach Trump twice with nothing, for nothing. Can't we impeach him at least? Yeah, well, we, we, need, uh, we need the House to move faster. I mean, I've, I've been in contact. I mean, I've had members of the, con- members of the different committees. I mean, I've had literally called me up and I said, what, sir, what is going on? Why are you guys moving so slow? I mean, it just, it's the nature of the beast of that environment. But I'd, I'd, I'd want a more, uh, I'd want people to move with alacrity on this topic. This is just crazy. I mean, they're moving on Mayorkas. Um, you know, they, they supposedly have opened the impeachment inquiry on, on uh, uh, Biden. Uh, but I mean, what is we got to move faster? We got to move and you, you know, get Mayorkas first. Move, move to Blinken, move to uh, Garland, and simultaneously work the work the big guy. Um, yeah, we got to move fast. You know, I always say uh, Joe Biden couldn't get a job in any business in this country. Not one. Couldn't do anything. Couldn't be a night watchman, anything. The more I look at these politicians, I'm thinking there's only about 15 percent of them that can get a job outside of government. When you look at this new speaker who, to me, if I'm really kind and I remember my mother yelling in my ear, don't swear, I call him feckless. If I identify him properly, I call him John Boehner. Am I off? Yeah, crying, toking John Boehner, who's now making money uh, in the dope uh, business. I love it in the in the dope business. I mean, that is just pathetic. I mean, the the death of this country is this legal cannabis that's nothing but a front for for Chinese special operators. Now, I mean, this is this is pathetic. Um, yeah, you got to guys, you got to have sharp elbows if you're going to you want to if you're going to get elected to the house, you got to have sharp elbows, and you got to it's a contact sport. So start start making some contact. I mean, I don't know what is like. I, I mean, as a military guy, military the military. I have to believe that the military pays attention to politics in the states, especially if they're deployed. Right? I have to believe that when you see a scandal that was squashed before it ever got even a tenth of the attention it deserved. And you have a congresswoman who swears allegiance to Somalia, which is at the root of a lot of problems and a lot of military guys' deaths, as they are a radical theocracy. And she swears it in her own tongue, right on, on video. There's no, the, What is it like for the military guys to realize the politicians who are making the decisions to give a green light to the guys like Lloyd Austin, who doesn't give a rip about the soldiers or the country, he's more interested in his brokerage fee from Raytheon. What is it like for them? Are they as disgusted as I am? Somebody who is not over there having bullets fired at me. I'm livid. Is the military happy with what they see back home in this chaos? No, I, I don't think they are. I don't think they are. What disturbs me is I think a lot of the enlisted folks and NCOs see it and see it for what it is. What I'm distressed about is the officer corps that, uh, I mean, a number of them seem to have been bought off, I mean, uh, and corrupted. I mean, they're, they're just they, there's this Zoom tape that was just is being um, circulated that shows a bunch of government employees uh, before the 2020 election gathering together, you know, talking and uh, about how to block Donald Trump from the presidency. There's even a colonel identified in there. I mean, this is yeah. 
is shameful. This is disgraceful. And, uh, you know, this is, uh, yeah, it is, it is this ideology. And, you know, we, we, uh, you know, Mark Milley, uh, really, um, you know, as soon as he started behaving the way he did, I mean, even, even, I mean, he had a reputation for this even before he became chairman. Uh, and, uh, wow. Wow. I mean, what, I, I miss these class. I went to war college in 2009 and even back then I realized something was wrong. Well, Colonel Mills, the benefit of being from Chicago is that you understand the ideology that we are existing on. And that is the Chicago Democrat mafia ideology. And it really was started by arguably a, a real scallywag, but brilliant guy by the name of Saul Alinsky. And he knew that the key to his prosperity and his goal was to infiltrate the bureaucracies. And after all, it's really not a hard sale. You don't have to be very competent. You can hardly ever get fired. And you get a mystical, magical pension that's based on nothing other than your loyalty to the corruption itself. So is are we beyond the point of fixing it when you look at the infrastructure that the Democrat and, and really the government supremacists have? I mean, they... I don't see how you dent it when you look at the scandals that are broken by uh, OMG News and they get some kid who's in charge of our cybersecurity and another division, and he thinks he's on a male date with uh, James O'Keefe. I don't know if you saw the video recently. And he basically says, yeah, we know that uh, Joe Biden is unfit to serve. We know he has dementia, and we know that the vice president is unqualified and can't keep her staff, but what are you going to do? Uh, you know, the government needs to have the Democrats there. So when you realize that, and this is the kid that's in charge of the cybersecurity for the government, I mean, are we just entertaining ourselves with an election this year? Um, you know, I just came back from Taiwan to cover the election uh, as media. They know how to do an election, and uh, they know how to do it fairly ethically and openly and transparently with a little use of electronics as possible. Um, I think we can do this. I, I never will think it, we're too far gone. We have the best form of governance, as imperfect as it is, that has ever been created by mankind. We just had, it's been uh, the people that are inside of it right now, uh, uh, oftentimes, or you know, well, not all of them, but. Uh, they are corrupt, and we need to we need to purge them. Uh, but I believe you can't. We can come back. Um, I think we. It all starts with getting a clean county there in there in Illinois. You've got to figure out how to deal with Cook County in the state legislature. Yeah, like, yeah it's called a review mirror. That's how you deal yeah. with it. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it it's interesting when you when you look at the at the macro picture. One thing that's bothered me. And it's something I never thought I would see by uh, elders in our in our country. I understand that these these sophomoric children are always going to follow the bouncing ball. I don't hear anybody call for any diplomacy. None. There's a freeze of information. Why isn't anybody talking to Putin? Why isn't anybody talking to this theocrat in Iran? Why aren't we talking to the only fat guy in all of North Korea? We, there's no conversation. It's like... High school. I don't like them. I better yeah. not talk to them. What the hell is well, wrong with people? You go to the door, you knock on the door and say, what's your fracking problem? What is going on? Well, you know, the world likes authenticity. Donald J. Trump is authenticity. He, that's why he was so far better and impactful with others. See, the problem with the current crowd that's uh, in, in the uh, administration is when they talk, their audience is 
CSIS, Center for Strategic and International Studies in D.C., or Council on Foreign Relations. They think every time they make a speech or paper, that's their audience. No, that's not their audience. It's called statecraft, and their audience are other countries. And these other countries have no respect for them. So when Tony Blinken says, we're going to be the adults in the room, you know, the guy who ran the greatest election interference operation in history out of the UPenn Biden Center, where we can't even find the IRS Form 990, nobody takes him seriously. And that creates death and destruction. Wars are created when there's a lack of clarity and a lack of resolve and a lack of authenticity. So nobody respects them. And what are we going to get out of this war? That's what we're going to get out of this because Blinken is not respected. And the, and the art of statecraft is lost at foggy bottom because everybody mm. is so fake. They think everything is a lecture to CSIS or a lecture at the Belfer Center at Harvard. No, that's not the real world. Retired Colonel John Mills, before I let you go, because this is something that I think is fake as well. And I want your opinion on it because you've been through five eras in our government, from the Cold War to whatever that we're calling this. This nonsense we see in Chicago, right? The, 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 one of the, arguably the most dangerous city in the country. And they do the, they pass a ceasefire in Palestine. And I keep watching the flags and the way. Is Palestine a recognized country by our government, officially? Uh, no, it is not. It Thank is you. Not a government. It's not. It's not a population. They've never. They've never been a country. They don't have a. They don't have a. It's not necessarily an ethnicity. There's not a language. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's. I it's thought mythology. I missed something. I thought I missed something because I'm caught up in this soiree of its stupidity, and I never remember it even being a country. Everybody knew it was a theocracy run by a terrorist organization named Hamas, and all of a sudden they have legitimacy. They, they kind of ruffled that in right away. I don't know if that's more offensive or the fact that the American government named our boys going over there to defend uh, themselves Operation Spartan Shield. Uh, the Spartans got their ass kicked by the Persians, who were the Iranians. Does anybody know that in the military, in your opinion? Uh, um, just faux pas over after faux pas. But I would like to point out, remember, the Palestinians were created by a memo in it was 1962 by the KGB as a tool to create hate and discontent. So Yasser Arafat was a creation of the KGB. So this is all a fraud. And, and, mm. and so we're kowtowing to a fraud and mythology. They had a perfect opportunity to, uh, during 1948, when, when Israel was being created, to participate. Did they want to participate, uh, those who were, who were in those, that area? No, no, they just wanted to kill, kill the Israelis. I love so, the f- I'm sorry. They- I, I love the fact that you're a senior fellow at the Center for Security Policy, but I felt a lot better when you were in the government because now there isn't anybody half as patriotic or half as knowledgeable as you. I'm dealing with these morons chasing their tail. Yeah. How's, how's Sean, that for an exit? No, amen. Amen. Well, I just pray for you and uh, you in Chicago out there. You got, uh, yeah, yeah, total goofball for a mayor. You got, yeah. you're losing more people per day than uh, we lost in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. I mean, this is just insane. <laughs> yeah. And he wants it's, to do virtue signaling of ceasefires. Yeah. Well, they're going to rebuild it all on the backs of illegal aliens who start out taking welfare. So I appreciate what you do. I, I really pay homage to what you did, and I love the fact that you make time for me. He is retired Colonel John Mills. Thank you so much.
And Sean, always an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. My honor. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. We have video, or I'm sorry, audio, excuse me. When I got it, it was a video, but now it's an audio for you. We have audio from the Ukrainian-Russian border. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, you! Yes! Yes! You too! <laughs> In the meantime, we're done, what, about $150 billion? Where's the money? Completely stolen. What do they need? More of it. I don't want to be the person that maybe spoils the mood, but we're a week ahead from an important summit that's going to take place uh, in Brussels. And the line is 50 billion euros for Ukraine, which the country says they really need now. They really need the visibility on the cash. Will they get the 50 billion euros? Well, first of all, thank you for having me and welcome to Riga. <laughs> uh, I do believe that uh, with, of course, some elements of drama, as it always happens yes. with all the decision making in the European Union or almost all the decision making. Uh, we are going to see the heads of uh, state and government uh, sitting in the European Council to agree. Oh, you don't have you don't have 50 billion. You're busted. Bunch of bums handing out money they don't have. Kind of like the American government. But it could all change. We got to get some good people in for Congress. All right, let's take a shot. here. All right. First of all, we got somebody running for Congress in the 8th District. And I used to work with a Mark Rice. Hey, son, it's Mark Rice running for U.S. Congress Nate, I think he just played audio from my opponent, who uh, kind of sounds like that. He's one of your typical corrupt criminal folks that you and I have let take over, and we've got to do something about it. So you used to work at the Merck. What pit? I was. I started off in the S&Ps in the late 80s, and I was in the D-Mark for about three years before I left. Where were you? Oh, I was, I was a whore. I was everywhere. When my one daughter was born, I was in the pork bellies. I started in the euro dollars. I was in the peso during the collapse in 94. When the, the first American bailout came, it didn't come to America. It came to Mexico because Citibank had a major hold in it. Clinton was the president yeah. then. And I ended in the S&Ps uh, yeah. from uh, you know early, late 90s. Well, I was always running there. If there was noise, I was running in there. But the euro dollars back months is where I really started and you know started to learn and understand but uh it was interesting you remember when they had currencies when countries had currencies you remember that yeah i remember when they were real but you know what i was thinking about sean like if any of these losers that we've got elected like like these democrats they you know like the guy i'm running against um if they were down in the murk they would last about five minutes you know we'd have taken them into the bathroom and given them a wedgie and told them to get <laughs> well first of all they couldn't last they would have had the you know when we did it we did it with our money i never traded anybody's money I traded my money no i'm, I'm with and, you i was a local right and and you know they you had the producer you were out of business so that's not for democrats right. it's only for people right. who understand no, that, the that, was a, that was a real job for real people yeah. we've got a fake job for fake people you can tell i'm a sean fan right yeah i love and, it I love you know it. We're, we're, we got to wake people up sean, i'm just a regular guy i'm not one of these loser politicians, and we've got them on the Republican side, as you know, too. Oh. I'm, a, I'm an outsider, and I've just had it. I think you have, too. And I'm saying, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm spending every dollar I have and every minute I have. And I have a business. I'm a successful guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm doing nothing but trying to open people's eyes to all this corruption, all yeah. this crap that they're 
foisting on us, and we're going to get rid of these people. You know what people don't understand, Mark, and and, and this is something, it's easy to demonize guys because you think they're successful, but what you don't understand is the constant pressure train guys are on. You have a good month, you got to do it again next month. You pay 50% of taxes. By the time it's over, you you keep the whole economy afloat, and then all of a sudden you're demonized. Oh, there's a guy who's successful. They couldn't live a day in the pressure of being on your own. All right, Mark you're, Rice, where do people go to? You're as good as your last trade, Sean, yeah, right? I and, love that product. Of, love it, too. I know uh, it. I know it. Mark, where Let's do they go, go to Rice check for, you? Sean, riceforcongress.com. You, you'll learn about me. You'll see I'm the real deal. I'm sick of all these other fake Republicans pretending like they know what's up. They don't. Let's mm. get this done, and I'm going to count on your help, and, uh, and we're going to do it. Well, tell whoever you're running against, I'll give him equal time. He's more than welcome to come on. I can't wait to ask him yeah, some questions. Yeah, yeah. Ra- I call him Radical Raja. Harvard. Oh, you're running against Raja! Yeah, exactly. Oh, Radical Raja! Harvard, yeah, Obama, yeah. Staffer. I mean, could it be any worse? Oh, voting, it's awesome. Voting against everything that we hold dear and probably, I mean, you know, I'd, I'd like to get him to retire, but hopefully we can put him in jail after that these guys well, i'll tell all... you what i i think it, the, the greatest way to run against that guy is just put his voting record up all the money yeah, all I, the waste all the mayhem i think that would be great I do. yeah look to just today voted against the illegals going to jail for stealing social security you gotta, end, you gotta end like this raja I love it, I love <laughs> it. keep going i go. appreciate it mark let's thank go. you good okay. luck to you good luck all right let's go for another guy running for congress in the 30th district, Pat Boink. It's actually a female. Oh. And please don't accuse me of being a Democrat. No, I won't. I won't. I won't. Yeah. So let me get so, this. How do you say your last name? Because I, I mean, I, you know, I'm from Melrose Park. I have an accent. Yeah, like like bonk, Bonky on bonk. the head. Okay, good. All right, yeah. good. So, yeah. Mrs. So, how many times did you hear a reservation for Mrs. Bonk? All right, go ahead. I said Patchy on the head, Bonky on the head. Go ahead. So, go ahead. I'll keep I'll keep it clean. I mean, I, I got a little peed off when I looked at that video of those illegals. They're giving illegals. The yeah. yeah, giving the finger and these police officers on the ground. Listen, my grandfather was a police officer. We have a family member in CPD, and I worked in the ER for 30 years, so I had a really close connection with, with these guys. Yeah. I think we had to zip tie them. Put a table across their mouth, stick them on a plane, and take them to a rainforest or a jungle. First of all, I'm one of the very few hosts that's been arrested for that. I I, I was getting run out of a party. There was a a cop from my neighborhood. I couldn't stand them. They used to have the, the burgundy squad cars and the leather jacket. I was a punk kid. He kept pushing me. Well, I turned around and knocked them out. The light went flying. I caught a beating. From guys I knew my whole life. Guys I knew my I caught a beating second to none. They put me in the cell. They handcuffed me because I'm short. They handcuffed me to the top rail. And they left me in there for hours before I could make a phone call. And I'm a citizen. So go ahead. Wow. Yeah. So, but these, they're, they don't belong in this country. Yeah. They need to go back. They, when once they step foot across that border, they were felons. They need yeah. to leave. So, All right. so where do they go to check out Pat Bonk? It's bonkforrep.com. All right. I wish you the best of luck. Good luck in your right, Thanks, Sean. Yeah, thank right, and to, uh, uh, to close the squirkle, circle on that, you know what happened years later? That very cop got thrown off the force not much longer after I knocked him out. 
and he was I, I was managing a building. And he was a tenant, and I got to evict him, squirrel. In the end, I win. See how that game is played, Eric and Marengo. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you one question, Sean. What do you think would happen if one of those guys kicked a federale in the head? One of those guys kicked a Mexican cop in the head. You know. Well, first of all, I don't. I, I don't know because the Mexican cop for fifty dollars, you could pretty much do anything. But um. I'm not really sure. After all, they kind of work their cartel members with badges for the most part, which is why I'm sympathetic to the honest people that want to flee it. However, the problem is that's not what we're getting. When you beat up our cops, you're kind of one of the cartel guys to me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And the cartel guys, you, you, don't, you don't want to knock around the cartel guys because, you know, you end up in a ditch and your head's kissing your ass. Uh, Robert in Bloomingdale. Sean, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? Question I have for you. This is interesting. Run high school. Those students are killed. Meanwhile, Brandon Johnson, I call past the buck, goes on, says he wants to remove all the police officers from the schools, and then the police chief says he wants them there in the morning before school starts and at the end. What the heck are these people doing down there in Chicago? This is so screwed up. What do you think? He's a con man. He's a con man. When a guy has a $6,000 suit and is on a payment plan for his water bill, He's a bust-out con man. And all the people who voted for him, lick it up. You got what you deserved. Now wallow in it. Uh, John in Palatine. Hey, Sean. Uh, you know, I, I had a question for you. I was thinking about this the other day. But do you remember how uh, the other day some Houthis or two guys in a goat in a boat attacked the United States military? Yeah. And, and and the response was, oh, we we thought of what we're going to do. I mean, remember when we were kids and somebody uh, in the schoolyard said something to us and we were like, ooh. Yeah. I mean, what what is what what is that all about? Well, they they got the Americans right where they want it. Number one, we're the ones that are funding them. They say Iran, but Iran was broke before Joe Biden stole the office, so we're funding them, right? And they got the idiots in charge that'll play the game to distract from their own financial shortcomings. And corruption here in this country. It's the perfect get. Because if a man was in office, first thing he'd do is bomb the condo building in Qatar, where all the hierarchy live. Because one thing's for sure, like the Palestinians, they can't really operate a country. They can't operate a storefront. They can't do anything. So this is coming from Mount High. Now, whether you want to blame the Iranians, that's just short-sighted. We're the ones that are financing the Iranians. Just ask Joe Biden. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I'm home. All the time. We finally really did it. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, damn you! That's exactly what's going to happen. Exactly what's going to happen. Statue of Liberty in the sand. Did you ever watch the original uh, Charlton Heston and Planet of the Apes, the end of it, Squirrel? Oh, brilliant! The whole time he was here. Uh, Craig and Mount Greenwood. Did I ruin the end for you? Hey, thanks a lot for taking my call. Yeah. Hey, what I wanted to mention, I, I heard about this rodent, uh, road, uh, you know, road, uh, what her name, bro? Yeah, McDaniel, Mc, uh, McRobbie. What the hell are you anyway, talking about? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. 
this woman with the RNC that's supposed to be in charge of basically uh, making things run Mitt, smooth and doing Ronna McDaniel? You're talking about Mitt Romney's? Just say Mitt Romney's niece. The name is obviously too hard for you to pronounce. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I call her Rodent Rhoda. Anyway, right. she's using Took you five minutes people, to call her something. The, Go ahead. Yeah, conservative people all basically that have sent money into that RNC, and she's taken all the records of their, you know, banking and their address, phone numbers, all stuff, <laughs> using it as collateral with a bank to get a ten million dollar loan and everything like that, so that if, if they default, you know, the bank gets all the information. I don't think it should be legal, but somebody said that uh, the, they're all a bunch of lawyers. I mean, you probably got small print where people sign and say it's okay. Yeah. Those people are rotten and corrupt, a whole bunch of them. And you know, that Rhoda, she's basically uh, leading the pack there with all her schemes. And, uh, Did you know that a lot of Democrat lawyers that live in Winnetka, when their wives get together, you know what their nickname for their husbands are? Small print. Huh. See what I did there as well? Rich Indian Head Park. Thanks, hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? What are you on it? You on a Campbell's can, soup can and a string? What are you talking on there? No, you can't. Why you can't hear me? Good. No, it's terrible. That tinfoil in your head must be throwing the signal off. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I don't know. Every time I talk to you, crack me up. You really do. <laughs> Go ahead. Good. Good. We might as well laugh. We're too old to cry. Go ahead. Right. The picture of this uh, this illegal uh, giving everybody the uh, you don't have the picture. It's on television. And by the way, yeah, did you no, see his other caballeros that he hung around with? Did you see the caballeros? Did you see them all? Yeah, I saw the picture, but what I'm saying is this is on behalf of uh, the number one dummy in the country, Joe Biden, because he gives everybody the finger every day by leaving the borders open and letting these illegals come over by mm -hmm. the thousands, and uh, he gives us the finger by not closing the border. I what think you you're right when you were talking to your, to your guests when it's time uh, that we have to speed this up and beach this guy. Yeah. Uh, when you were looking at those kids, did you have the same thought in your head that I did? You think their parents drank? What is that, that fetal drunk? When your parents drink, right, you come out, you look all crazy and whatnot. Your eyeballs are either too far or too close together. You got one that points north, like Congresswoman Kakai. All right, thank you very much. That's how my brain works. Well, I couldn't help it. First thing I said is starting to figure out how that Darwin came to his conclusions. Tony and Bartlett. Sean, do you think anybody in Chicago sees the rich irony in their, those 50 knuckleheads arguing about a useless resolution for a ceasefire in Gaza? In the meantime, three more people got shot in their own backyard. Oh, I, three. I think it was seven, Tom. Seven. <laughs> well, during the whole thing, seven. Oh, hey, listen, oh my God. Do, do, do you wonder who thought about it? The people who are the real victims. The parents of the kids yep. that got shot and the sisters and the brothers. They all know it. But the, the problem I have with it is like my old neighborhood. You, they'll complain about it for 364 days, but on that 365th day, they vote for the D. And that's the problem. That's why, you, yeah. Bartlett, you're a last holdout there, kid. You better get plan B in effect. You better start the car. Let it warm up. Thank you very much, Tony. <laughs> Appreciate so. it. Walt, Northwest Indiana. Sean, I've heard to a news resource that uh, Biden is giving is giving warning to uh, Iran as to where he intends to strike <laughs> against their surrogates. Yeah. Now, that sounds crazy. That's how the air war against North Vietnam started under Lyndon Johnson. The first uh, bomb attack against the PT boat base. Yeah. Johnson gave the communists an hour advance notice that 
My planes are coming your way. Another corrupt, another corrupt low-life scumbag who not only was caught in massive financial scandals, but is directly responsible for the deaths of 58,000 Americans. That lying piece of dung may he burn in hell. And the only difference between him and Joe Biden is he could do a jumping jack. Thank you very much, Walt. See what I did there, Squirrel, with the jumping jack? You think Joe Biden... How about this? I want to implement my rule. I think it'll solve a lot of problems. No elected official that cannot do a jumping jack. You can't, you're not qualified to be, Think about it. You eliminate about 50% of the Democrats. You think J.B. Pritzker could do a jumping jack? <laughs> not on anything other than real strong cement. We'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest has the kind of life that they make movies about. When you learn about his life, who exactly is going to play him? He's a former drummer who opened for Steppenwolf. He's a former professor of history at the University of Dayton. He's the co-author of the New York Times number one bestseller, A Patriot's History of the United States, which remains the best-selling homeschool history textbook in America. He has numerous other best-selling books. In 2019, he founded the Wild World of History curriculum website, now available as a... U.S. World History for Homeschoolers and other things. His name is Larry Schweikart, and I have $5 that it used to be Von Schweikart. How are you, Larry? <laughs> hey, Sean. You know, you forgot high-impact aerobics instructor, which there, I was for a while. <laughs> that explains everything. It's amazing. It's an amazing life, but it's a life worth living, and that's something you have to be very proud of. Um, and the reality is when you... Uh, are going through acquiring your expertise and writing these books. And I'm serious about this. Which one does America fit? The history of Rome, which I think is the easy layup. Or are we following the history of Germany, which seems more appropriate? What do you think? Well, I think America has its own historical course to chart. We are an exceptional country. And as we say in the beginning of Patriots History of the United States, uh, there are four pillars of American exceptionalism that no other country in human history has had. So I think we just have to let things kind of unfold as they go here. Yes, but we're built on the principles of the Enlightenment. We're the first and the youngest and the richest because of it, right? So we're built on the premise of not just the republic that mirrors Rome, but on the concept that the citizen has unalienable rights. Yet those rights have been bastardized for at least the last 75 years, maybe even longer, And I'm wondering, can we still pretend we have those pillars when the system itself, the Leviathan that is our government, has become a gangster government? Can we still fight back for it, in your opinion? Sure. I mean, I'm a Christian. I have hope for everything. There's there's hope throughout the Bible. There's hope throughout my book of Patriots History of Globalism. I call it part history, part hope. I actually think we're seeing the globalists on their heels, if not on the run. Uh, you, you see uh, Soros pulling out of Europe. You see dozens of elections. Uh, there's seven of them last week to join Slovakia, Hungary, Italy, Estonia. Our friend Argentina, Argentina, who whose president went to Davos and 
Let's test these guys out. I love it. Yeah, it was awesome. With a 1970 hairdo from Studio 50, uh, <laughs> uh, what was it, Studio 54. I mean, it was great. Studio 54. I absolutely loved it. And that's exactly what it takes. But it's going to take something that I, I, I saw really... I don't know if it's destroyed or just an illusion that it was always there. And it was there among a lot of us, about a third, right? And then you realize it's always a third that ever does anything. But that is, yes. the, it, it, that is the, I, the unbelievable bastardization of American government and the rules of American right. government during COVID. I never thought I'd see anything like that yep. in this country. I thought it was something you'd fantasize about or pontificate about. It's something that actually happened, though. And in these Democrat strongholds, they took life away. Yep. No, it was uh, it was an absolute horror. I mean, I think a hundred years from now, when history of this era is written, they will point to that almost on the same level of some of the worst atrocities in in human history in terms of uh, how could governments have permitted this kind of stuff and and let it happen. But again, the good news: uh, last poll I saw, only one percent of Americans would take another uh, COVID vax. It's like fool me once, fool me twice with the booster. Uh. Uh-uh. So you also have have something going on that not is not really talked about, and in my opinion, with the right perspective. I always knew of a cold civil war. There's no question about it. And you could argue if it started under the uh, the Clinton years or if it started under uh, the the Carter years, right? But you could always right. point to a position where where the nation had secession by foot, right? And you and you and but yes. now it's like you know I'm 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 one of those guys. I I don't live in Illinois. I can't even think about going among those those corrupt, filthy, insider, in open light thieves calling themselves a political party. I mean, that's what it is. I'm wondering, well, do you, you, think- know what my, you know what my nickname for Chicago is? I have a list of nicknames for all politicians and cities, and my nickname for Chicago is Benghazi by the lake. Oh, I like it. I like it. And then when you see the the way in which the people are so successfully manipulated through low costs, I mean, for giving somebody some rent, and some walking around money or food stamps, you can do pretty much anything to them. As you see our oligarchs as aldermen that for 50 years ran, ran a, a ruckshot over the, over the entire city and corrupted it all. And they never go to jail. They never really yep. find their thing. And now when look, they're 80 Sean, years old, they at, celebrate. Look at the Tweed Ring in New York, which has to be the um, standout graft and corruption ring in all of American history. And out of those guys back in the uh, 1850s, 60s, stole something like 12 to $13 million. I don't know what that comes out. You, you're the finance guy. You know what it is in today's money. What? A hundred. hundred million dollars. Million, yeah. And, and, and they, they repaid uh, under court order a total of about $10,000. And one guy spent three years in jail out of all that. It, it's just astounding. And, and, and when you're, when you're looking through history, right? Something that, that people who are from the third world know much better than Americans, or people who are from the for- former Soviet Union know much better than Americans. That's the world that they lived in. That's the world right. that operates. The government is the gangster. It isn't right. two Italian guys outside of an espresso shop talking about the line on Monday Night Football. It's these <laughs> rat bastards that never go away, and they get a pension. So I'm wondering, right. do you think Americans are up to speed on what it looks like and, and, and where we are with a gangster government? You know, that's a real good point about the immigrants, because Rich Barris's polling down in Florida found that although they had a high influx of immigrants, people coming from Venezuela, Colombia, other places like that were tending to vote Republican, and they, they couldn't believe it. Well, they were coming from the very governments 
that, that you uh, elaborate there. I have a quick story for you. I was on a group that went over to Munich back in 1991 as the Soviet Union was starting to fall apart. And the Soviets under Gorbachev sent a team of economists, to, I'm an economic historian, they sent a team of economists to talk to us about how to, quote, convert to capitalism. And, and I said, well, one way would be to take the value of a steel factory, say a million dollars, divide it evenly among all the workers, and the government will say, on Monday, all these people get all these shares. And they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, you don't understand. Nobody believes the government. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something until you encounter people who navigated their life through the corruption that is a Soviet system or a socialist system in Central and South America, you really don't have, have a gravity of what it's like because we are spoiled and ignorant and entitled, and we think the principles mean anything or swear allegiance to the flag. But the reality is what our own government has done to us could never have been done from the outside, and that's what right. we really need to fear. Right. And that's what Lincoln, of course, warned against in his Lyceum speech. Look, in 2010, we made a movie called Rock and the Wall about how rock music helped bring down the Iron Curtain. And it was amazing to listen to these people from the other side of the Iron Curtain talk about how they would have to listen to rock and roll gathered around a headset. And if a knock came at the door, they had to not only put the radio away, but to turn it back to the state station so somebody wouldn't realize they were listening to free radio you know we you and i i think you're you're just a hair older than me just a hair but you and i arguably lived through i think one of the most interesting times in this country because if you're born in the 60s or the late 60s you saw america really at its best and then fall into the culture of corruption that we now call the year 2024 but i'm wondering do you think these kids who were born in the late 90s you think they have an idea of exactly how tenuous our position is on the principles the nation was built on? I, I don't. And I think a, a good place to start, not to hawk somebody else's book, but there's a book called Generations by Gene Poingy, who's, who's looked at interviews of over 100 million people in different generations. And, and it's very clear that their life experiences are so phenomenally different from yours and mine that, that they just – the ideas of what we would call personal freedoms. I mean, uh, driving a car. Many, many of the Utes, to quote my cousin Vinny, <laughs> don't want to drive a car, right? Yes. Uh, uh, it, it, it's sad, and this is going to take a, a real cultural and I think spiritual reawakening as well as political. Well, what's interesting, too, is is the difference that I see it. When we were growing up, it wasn't uncommon for, for one man to say to another man, you're a liar. You're an absolute fraud and a liar. You don't ever hear that anymore. And all you hear are lies. So it reminds me after what we've lived through. And you see these pseudo-intellectual frauds who work at Harvard and they're plagiarists and the rest of it. But what you realize is they've captured that Marxism dream of rewriting history to steal the future. Right. When's the yep. last time you saw somebody look at a, at, at a bald-faced liar, let's call him a politician, and say, you're a liar? You don't see it anymore. Well, our friend Javier Millet did it in Davos. Yeah, other than that, you know, and uh, let me expound upon that. There's been some research. I talk about this in the last chapter of Patriot's History of Globalism that shows that the very nature of research in America, I'm not just talking history and sociology. I'm talking about scientific and medical research 
is changing because researchers are afraid to go after big topics where they might be seen as being wrong. And so they're, they're increasingly risk averse in all of their research, which is bad for us. We need people to take risks, to try different things. We need Teslas and Einsteins out there. And this is something that I find fascinating because it's easy to take down. You take it down the way it was built. And it's simple to me because in in a half-assed wise guy neighborhood where I grew up, there's an old expression to keep the neighborhood complacent so that the gangsters can sleep at night. It's called cut me in or cut it out. And that's what the Marxists understood. If we cut them in, they'll be happy to go along to get along. So I want them to cut it out. So to me, the simplest way to start is the is the way it actually started and that is to remove the socialist platform of social security yet i haven't since reagan seen a prominent republican say this is a scam and a fraud and it has to go away why is it that you think there is no courage to take apart the greatest ponzi scheme built in this country that started it all called social security oh yeah three words for you george w bush uh, regardless of what else you think about him, in 2006, Privatizing, he yeah. suggested an idea not to privatize Social Security, not even to privatize the government side, just to privatize 2% of what you and I pay. And he was so assaulted and attacked that he had to withdraw it before it got anywhere. And everybody remembers that lesson. But here we are, you and me. Uh, like I said, I think you're just a hair older than me. We're about to collect it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And I think there's millions of me. I think there are millions of guys. I don't want it. Just give me the money I paid, the money you stole from me. You could even keep the money you stole from guys who, who employed me. Go ahead. There's only one. I've only had one job my whole life, and it's this one. Take the money, and then you don't owe me anything. Don't you think that's a way to start? And we could maybe change the trajectory, because you as a history professor know we are on the trajectory to collapse this once great society. I mean, we could change it a couple of ways, but it's going to take some courageous people to say, I don't want to be cut in anymore. Don't you think it's a good place to start? It it, it is, and I went over my students year after year how if they could just take the money, there's some charts that show you if you could just take the money that you would, quote, earn over Social Security over the years and put it in any kind of 401K or any kind of investment, you'd come out 10, 20 times better off. But, you know, again... That's a uh, that's a policy change that's going to require far more than even what a Donald Trump has right now. He, I don't think he would be able to pull that off. Well, you're an economics historian, among other things, right? And yeah. when we started, I asked you, Rome or Germany? I'm going to make my case and you tell me why I'm wrong. When okay. Donald Trump first appeared in 2016 and he first started talking about um, his economic scheme, being a capitalist that he was, and I'm very familiar with his history, I said he sounds to me like Bismarck. We now are at a place where we have 34 and trillion and change. It's really something that is a number for fools because what we've committed to is $260 trillion. It's an unbelievable amount. We're technically bankrupt, in my opinion. The only way to keep this going is to follow the Weimar. And what you see when you think of foreign policy you could lead us all the way up to the collapse of Germany and the wars all the way around and everything. That's my argument for Germany. You tell me why I'm wrong. Well, because I don't think it's all financial. In fact, I don't think it's even mostly financial. I'm not a Marxist, so I don't believe in financial or economic determinism. 
And, and as a Christian, I think there's a very heavy import of what God has to do with America. He helped found America. Uh, the country was built, and the only one in the history of the world that was uh, Christian, mostly Protestant, religious tradition. Only one. And I don't think he's done with us yet. And so there, are, I think there's some ways to uh, get around that. When I talk to brilliant, and I mean very smart, genius-level guys, uh, w- one of whom served as Trump's assistant uh, controller, uh, they say, no, this, the debt can be handled. So okay. they're smarter than I am in that. I've got to go with that. Uh, I just, uh, but I do think Germany's probably closer than, uh, than Rome. Yes. All right, good. Just so we came close on that. Now, Tell me a little bit about what it's like to be involved in rock music and open for Steppenwolf. How did you pull yourself out of that? How did you not end up in some tavern weighing 125 pounds in skinny jeans with a heroin problem? Man, that is so weird you say that, because at the at the peak there, I weighed 129 and fit into a size 29 gene. And, and so, you know, we, we kind of lucked out into being able to open for some of these groups. Uh, the highlight of my my career was we were playing the Troubadour. I'm sure you know about that yes. club where Elton John opened. And uh, uh, The Who came in, not the World Health Organization, The Who <laughs> right, yes. came in and sat through our set. And when we were done, I left the stage. Townsend, drunk as a skunk, came up and slapped me on the back and said, A good show. <laughs> that is so, awesome. But what led me out of it was that what people don't know is if you're not at the very top of the star level, it's a very hard life, very hard. And like I said, I was 129. This is 70s, I know, but I was living on $5 a week. Uh, you know, I, I was lucky to get one meal a day, and I said there has to be an easier way to get through life. <laughs> well, you did. I mean, you started out as a rocker, and you you touch the lives of youth in the country, and you have some sort of an effect. There's no question about it. But what you did with the rest of your life is that you changed and improved the nation because of the trajectory you set these kids on by being a history professor who, te- who teaches real history and real truth. So I'm hoping that uh, things start turning around, and I have two... I have a niece and a nephew that went to the uh, University of Dayton. So I'm really? Hoping, yes. I'm hoping that you encountered them. And, they're, and you want to know something? They're wonderful kids, and they have kids of their own now. So uh, I love the idea. Well, I can't wait to read the i got to say, you, UD, I always tell everybody, UD been very, very good to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And the new book is A Patriot's History of Globalism, The Rise and the Decline. It comes out on the 20th of this month. I want to sign copy. And I, you don't have to put the Vaughn in there, but was there a Vaughn? Do you have a great-grandpappy who was Vaughn? No, uh, and oh. I am adopted. I am oh. adopted, so I could be Venezuelan or Angolan or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But uh, I will tell you this. Make sure you send me an email so I know where to send the book. Absolutely. He is Larry Schweikart. Thank you so much for making time for me. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, you! Yes! Yes! You too! I don't know, is that Chicago or Ukraine and Russia? In the meantime... Did I hear Crystal Blue? Did another kid get shot? Wait, didn't you hear about they got a plan? Like the Soviets, we got a new plan. It's going to be great. 
Yeah, Pat and Dina, the mayor, the governor, the Chicago police superintendent, business and philanthropic leaders all coming together to announce this plan. It's called Scaling Community Violence Intervention for Safer Chicago. Or Where the hell were you morons 10 years ago, let alone last week? SC2. Much of this work is being done by outreach workers from two dozen organizations who are working on the ground to de-escalate conflicts. That sounds expensive, Squirrel. They should have named it more money because this is going to be more money, more money and more kids shot. The plan calls for an alignment of every level of government with those organizations, along with the business and philanthropic communities, all working towards safety and more jobs. They. You know what that's called in the real estate business, Squirrel? A sell signal. Sell, Mortimer! Sell! We estimate 20,000 Chicagoans are at the highest risk of shooting someone or becoming victims of gun violence. And the goal is to reach half of those people in the next five years, 75%. Oh, the Soviet five-year plan. Yeah, five years is going to be great. You guys stick around and keep cutting checks. It's going to be great. We're only going to target half of them. What about the other half? Hey, Democrat moron. Sent of them in the next 10 years, connecting them with critical services to save lives. Why don't you teach them how to read? Then hand them a book that was written, you know, I don't know, say a couple hundred years ago, maybe. Start small. In the meantime, they're living large in Chirac. Here's a guy afraid to go out of his house, but he knows every deliverer man in a six-mile radius. Cream Puff Jim. Yeah, I was thinking of the Chicago Fire. It was O'Leary took the gap for it. But her son, Jim O'Leary, became the biggest bookie in the Midwest and eventually in the United States. He had the first gambling ship in Lake Michigan. It was about $40,000. He was ahead of his time. That's going to be your bailout plan now. How's that casino going? Way way ahead of his time. But remember this, Sean. If you ever go to Ireland, every town has a bookie shop in it. Every town. And they'll take a better than anything. If you ever been to the track, a bookie will take a bet on anything. Don't bet that your socks don't fall down. Yeah. My point is, that's why Paddy Power is the biggest bookie in the world today. Yeah, that, that well, do you know what's power. funny, Jim? Do you know why, the, do you know why all those bookie joints were over there? Do you know why? Because your life is hopeless. Because your life is hopeless there. You can't work no, no, way. Brit- no, Britain colonized Ireland and made them have an underground economy, and they had to make money some way. Albert Finney's father was a bookie. They asked him one time, he said, well, you made more money as an actor? He said, my man made more money as a bookie. Yeah, but you said you colonized. Don't you really mean enslaved? That's what they really did. Well, they took away their language, and they took away everything. They took away Gaelic and uh, yeah. everything for the Irish. So. Yeah, that's why I was always rooting for the underdog. Yeah, there you go. But that's okay. You know why, Squirrel? I'm not Irish. I'm Norwegian. My ancestors, 65 of them, drunk in three boats. Kick the hell out of every one of those limeys. Want to go for round two, anybody? Anybody? Dan in Salem, Wisconsin. John, these Democrats are like a friend or your family member that you wind up following behind them with a broom, cleaning up all their messes. You know what I mean? I did. I used to know what you mean. And you know what I did a few years ago? I never associate with anybody. I don't care how related you are to me. If you're a freaking Democrat, go stand in the corner with a dunce cap on. I don't, I don't talk to a one of them. Thank you very much. But that's all you can do because they're like a cancer, a cancer of corruption. Next thing you know, they got a five-year plan and a four-year plan and a 10-year plan. What's it going to come up to? Failure. But it's going to cost a fortune. We have done everything possible to the best of our ability 
to make sure that reducing violence is a shared priority here. Well, then you suck at it. You You do realize, right? You suck at it. You don't have one plan that works. You don't have one department that operates the way the people pay for it. In fact, you're good at absolutely nothing except failing. That you've perfected. Here in Chicago. As bad as Chicago's reputation has been for violence, we have a chance, I honestly believe my heart, to make history over the next three, four, five years. And if we can dramatically bring down violence together, all of us together. You know, they say you can bet on everything, right? Isn't that what Cream Puff said? You can bet. Can I bet against it? Because I'd like to borrow against everything I have. I'm betting against all of it. You see, I used to bet for it by being a property owner. I used to bet against it by paying the taxes and going to work there, trying to be a normal, productive citizen. But the problem is the cancer of corruption and failure and your roaches, you just feed off of that. You're not really interested in fixing anything. In fact, the only reason you're walking around in those $6,000 suits is because now you think you're in the power position, isn't it? We, we can do something that hasn't been done. Since Karl Marx wrote the book, The Communist Manifesto. So here's another thing that you can do. Let me once again point to an area that's far better than you. And um, the problem was we had a lot of Chicagoans, specifically Chicagoans. It was un- unbelievable last spring break on the east side. I don't, I don't really go there much except for lunch and a cigar. But on the east side in Miami... They had a tremendous amount of Chicagoans come down for spring break, and they did what Chicagoans do. You turn it into a ghetto. You destroyed the quality of life. So now, in Miami, they're preparing for the Democrat invasion, and they're telling you, stay out or you're going to get arrested. All right, now it's six. A first tonight from Miami Beach City leaders. They're telling spring breakers to consider a different destination. Spring break is still weeks away, but the city... See, that's the only thing you can do with Democrats. Don't come here. Stay away. You ruin everything. He's already taking drastic steps to limit the crowds and prevent the kind of violence we've seen there before. CBS News Miami's Joan Murray details the changes that are coming. William Canales runs Party Cart Miami, part taxi, part tour guide. He works and lives on Miami Beach and knows a thing or two about spring break. And it gets, it gets loud, so, you know, to sleep some nights, you know, four in the morning you hear a lot of yelling and screaming. Who can forget Miami Beach Spring Break 2023? Two fatal shootings, a state of emergency, and dozens of arrests. The stampedes, the shooting, the destruction of our businesses, the overturning of tables, the patrons having to hide in, in, in the restaurants, employees hiding under, under tables. The unlawful behavior is ending, and it's ending this year. City commissioners greenlighting big spring break changes. The entire month of March, limited beach entry, checkpoints on the beach, huge increases in law enforcement, higher parking rates, double the towing rate, and traffic plans for neighborhoods. During the- That's how you solve the problem. You arrest and you imprison the low-life scum of your society. No five-year plan that you hope works in 10 years. You arrest them today because you save lives every day. That's the way it really works if you want to cure it. But you don't really want to cure it because you've mastered perfecting the swindle. Yes, you did. And how do you do it? You all do it because we're following the educated. The educated from colleges around the country. And it turns out, The bigger the reputation, the bigger the frauds. Here's another updated story on a new Democrat frauding a higher learning facility. Also a a, a hedge fund that often has classes called Harvard. 
Harvard's chief diversity officer, Sherry Ann Charleston, has been accused of plagiarism in her dissertation. This comes less than a month after former university president Claudine Gay resigned amid backlash over her. And in case you're wondering, yes, it's another affirmative action hire. On to anti-Semitism on campus and plagiarism allegations. Charleston has been accused of lifting other scholars' language without proper attribution in her 2009 dissertation. This discovery came from a Washington Free Beacon investigation based on an anonymous complaint filed to Harvard recently. The complaint also accuses Charleston of lifting work from her husband's academic study. The complaint contains 40 examples of plagiarism, accusing her of lifting texts previously published by her advisor, Rebecca Scott, word for word. The complaint accuses... Remind you of anybody? Does it remind you of Joe Biden or anybody? Charleston of plagiarizing Scott's degrees of freedom, Louisiana and Cuba after slavery. In her dissertation from 2009, the fruits of citizenship, African-Americans, military service and the cause of Cuba Libre, which was submitted to the University of Michigan. Scott is a professor of history and law at the University of Michigan. In another instance, the complaint accuses Charleston of reusing her husband's 2012 study in her 2014 work. Well, it is her husband's. You know, a lot of these Democrats like to hide the frauds in their spouse's name. And it isn't just if you're stealing the information or pretending it's yours. What about the money? No better place to hide it in uh, your husband's name. So what was happening, um, there were a lot of issues with us retaining uh, just good good staff what was uh-huh. happening we had um you know we couldn't pay the uh the big cost for security like right. some of my colleagues are able to do yeah. um and so we- you spent seven hundred eighty-seven thousand on security dummy who pays more than that we, we went with what we could afford um it worked out for a while but then we started having call offs um you know uh, people just uh, just not showing up to work, people sleeping on the job. Yeah. Um, and so it was very hard for me to have security when it was unreliable. And so what was happening was uh, Courtney would fill in. He would volunteer. And sometimes he would even, you know, even when he was there and they were working, he would say, hey, you should be standing over here. Right. Hey, you should be doing that. And so. He- so that gave him a paycheck of 700000 He has no license in any security, no history in any security. But then again, it's not going to matter to the constituents of this moron. She is a moron representing other morons, you know, Democrats. If you think you might commit sexual assault, always carry a whistle. When you find yourself about to commit sexual assault, blow the whistle until someone else stops you. And she'll win. She's twice as smart as Mayor Johnson. Uh, John Garfield Ridge. Hey, Sean, how's your day going, brother? Splendid. How about you? Going well, thank you. You know what? you know, the only days that I'm hesitant to, to use the term Chirac is when I don't feel like insulting Iraq. You know, uh, <laughs> no, it, yeah. here's the thing, you know, at least the Iraqis, you know, they didn't have much choice in who they voted in, you know. They either voted for the Bath Party or they took a bath, you know. Yeah. But, you know, the, the rat bastard Chicago Democrats, Sean, what the hell is their excuse? Yeah. Hey, what's your excuse? You haven't been over to the cigar store. What's the matter? You, you want me to front you some gas money? What's wrong? I was just there the other day. All right. Well, go there and yeah, buy cigars. I've been over there. i got to keep the uh, lights on, damn it. All right, very good. Phil hanging out for the most part. Oh, big Phil. He's the best. He's the pitcher yeah, of... Yeah, learn a lot from that guy. Yes, today, you do. All right, kid. Thanks for calling this show. I appreciate it. 312-642-5600. If I didn't get to you, I'll get to you. I went long. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. 
And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Bidenomics is, is working. Unemployment is under 4%, 14 million jobs. He's going to continue lowering costs. And so we know, economists have said, it takes a long time to make that connection. But Tens of thousands just in UPS laid off. The job numbers are phony, more phony than the love of a third wife in Winnetka. There's no question about it. It's an absolute lie. As far as the jobs he claims he created, he, there hasn't been one job since before the pandemic. The reality is they've massively expanded the welfare system in no time. In American history, have more people been on welfare. Now, some people are forced on it. What are you going to do? And for those people, 90% of them deserve it because they're Americans. They paid in the system. We have a new crop now. Millions and millions of people that just got here that are on the welfare system in one form or another. In the meantime, the job market is not good. I don't care what anybody says, but only a few Americans know that. The Americans that are most affected by that, like Phil, Tinley Park. How are you, kid? You hanging in there? Oh, yeah, you know me. Uh, yeah, yeah, the tech sector got hit hard, and it's kind of below the radar for a lot of people. But uh, Do you know how you I know, know this? I'll tell you one thing, Sean. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I know this because of uh, guys I know that are in the tech sector um, that are, are affected. I also know this because I have a skincare company, and I had a, a wonderful company uh, help me with it. And that company... Uh, has a flow of, of people coming and going because it's just chaotic in that sector. And you know, I think people are missing it. If you're not working for the government, you're having a tough time in the tech sector. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, private sector. Um, yeah, I think that's right. And I think they were planning for a recession. Uh, I don't know. I, I think they laid off before they knew all the facts. Maybe that's part of it Yeah. Just in general. Well, maybe it's Tinley Park. Maybe it's Sean someone who got to go to come on your show. Ask him. Ask him how his pal Sam Bankman Fried is. I told Mickey Comforti to call your show, so you can blame all that stuff on me. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I enjoy talking, or I enjoy talking, or I want to. I want to help good. I want to help good people out, and that's why you know, Phil, we have your number. And if there's anybody out there that's uh, in the tech sector looking for a good employee, just tell me a little bit about what you did. Uh, a lot of like. Uh, it's like um, it's an IT job, network operations center, troubleshooting, monitoring uh, network issues. Um, and I have a wider array of things going further back with cellular uh, engineering to do with cellular uh, companies, too. Well, Phil, we got around, you know, <laughs> I'm gay. I know. That's why I know you'll survive it. Uh, I got my yeah. girls got your number. Uh, we got some yep. people here at the station, and we've got some advertisers, and we got a lot of business owners listening. So if anything pops for you, kid, we're going to be in contact with you, all right? Thank you. Thank you, brother. Hang in there. Be strong. You'll be all right. Everything will work out. Kevin in Austin, Texas. Sean, once again, a great show, great guests, uh, great calls. Uh, my heart goes on to the guy who was just on the phone. Uh, after 08, I was out of work for a little bit, but you're right. Things do turn around and they work out for the best. Well, you know what? The, the other thing, too, is the system that we have in this country is for him. It's for him. Yeah. It's not for the, yeah. the the Venezuelan gangbanger who just gave America the finger and gets our money. It's not for him. Right. No, and the thing is, with those guys that come into town, you were talking about earlier about the, uh, the spring break and how they're all preparing for kids to come in town for spring break. Government can do that when they want to. 
So why can't they do that for illegal aliens? Well, that's only good government in Florida. That isn't that right. garbage government where you'd elect that Marxist <laughs> misfit, that moron, who's got the five-year right. Soviet plan. Listen, they like it. They just voted for him. Listen, right. you're just getting used to him. This is the honeymoon. How's it going? You like yeah. it? It's called the divorce you sign. You're right. Yeah. You are, you're Scotch-Irish. We determined that. So no, I'm not. Don't run away from I am race. not Irish. I'm Norwegian and Italian. Scotch-Irish. Ask any woman that ever dated me. I am not Irish. We'll be back in 21 hours. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.